friends, and welcome to another episode of Living in Hope. I am your host, Cassie Merritt. Well, we're getting into the new year, 2021. What is it going to look like? I mean, can you believe we actually made it through 2020? (laughs) We're here, you guys. Uh, But I am excited about this new series, you guys. This is going to be a pastor's Q&A series that I hope to do every month. I want to be able to post a specific topic on Facebook, so be sure to follow me on there if you aren't already, the Stories of Hope page, and I'm going to post a topic for you guys. And I want to hear your questions regarding that topic. This topic for this month is fears going into 2021. And I know I have so many questions (laughs) and I got a lot of great questions from you guys. And this conversation I have with the pastors is awesome. But before we go into the conversation, I want to share with you guys on why I am starting this series where it is coming from. You know, I was sitting in the living room with my friends and looking at them with these fears and anger that they held in their hearts that I shared. I shared those same feelings, but we were all asking very difficult questions that we honestly did not have the answers to. But there's an awesome thing that God has given us, right? A very awesome tool, and that is the Bible. And You know, I got to be honest, some things in there I don't understand. And so I really wanted to sit down with someone who can answer these questions as best as they can, who God has given a gift to, to share what the Bible says. And those people are my pastors here at Camino Chapel. I don't trust anyone more than I do trust my pastors. And so I feel completely honored that they said yes to doing this. Today, I'm going to be sitting down with Pastor Brett Reed and Pastor Aaron Barden. And oh my gosh, you guys, it was so much fun. This is so much fun sitting down with them. You're going to laugh. And honestly, you're probably going to feel pretty convicted in some things because I found myself sitting there like, oh man, I have been guilty of doing that. So they did call me out a couple of times, (laughs) but they do it with such grace. (laughs) But anyways, you guys, Let's just go ahead and dive in. Well, hey guys, this is super exciting. I'm really happy to have you sitting here with me and for saying yes to doing this. It's kind of a brave thing to do because I came up to you guys. I'm like, so do you want to be a part of this podcast where we might end up asking really hard questions and you won't know what they are until a few days before and you both said yes. So I think that's really awesome. So thank you for doing that. You're welcome. Glad to be here. Yeah. Yeah. I would love for each of you to introduce yourself so they get to know a little bit more about who you are. All right. Well, yeah, my name is Aaron Barden. I am married to an amazing wife, Sarah. For seven years, we have two amazing, beautiful girls, uh, Millie Claire and Ruby Joy, who's just one month old there with Ruby Joy. Congratulations. Yeah, it's been a whirlwind the last couple, but so excited when you came with the offer. Uh, something we want to be able to do for sure. So I grew up up and down. I always like to say the I-5 corridor. So I was born in California, Oregon, Washington. So I'm a West Coast guy with an East Coast (laughs) dialect. So I don't know what God, God's got a sense of humor, I always say. So uh, he's blessed me with that. But I came to a 
relationship with God in the Rocky Mountains uh, there at a disciple center, uh, Torchbearers International. And really God just started taking over after that avenue and got an opportunity to do youth ministry at a church in the Denver area there for six years. And then we actually moved back to the area in 2018 here. Been blessed with the opportunity to join as high school director at Camino Chapel Mm -hmm. and uh, the capstone ministry here in 2019. So I'm pretty fresh to the team, but we got a lot of roots, uh, you know, and even (laughs) sitting here with Brett, he was, uh, I was there at his start too. So it's fun to be under the roof and the team here and uh, do a ministry in this area. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. I remember when you came here because I was doing mops auction at that time. And so you were just getting here and I'm like, hey, yeah. <laughs> I need something from you. <laughs> it's like, the youth ministry. We're, yeah. we're good for that. So yes. it's oh, fun. Man. It's been awesome. All right. How about you, Brett? Well, I'm married to a gal named Allison. We've been married for 22 years. And this last November, we celebrated our 28th year wow. together. We dated six years. We were high school sweethearts. So mm. she's pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. And then I have three children, 19, 17, and uh, 14. My daughter's 19, I have Caitlin, and my son is 17, Blake, and then my youngest son, Braden, who's 14. So I attended school at the University of Montana, went into education uh, in Missoula, taught for about four years, and then got into ministry, been in ministry almost 18 years now, and then uh, did my seminary work at Moody Bible Institute. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, so I came to know the Lord when I was young, like five and then it kind of really secured my faith when I was at high school camp, actually here at Commando Chapel. Pastor Mitch was the youth pastor back then. Wow. So you have a lot of history <laughs> yeah, here, right? <laughs> yeah. So came to know, um, just kind of personalize that more when I was like 15, 16 years old in high school. Wow. That is so cool, you guys. I love it. I love hearing the pastor's stories about how they got started and everything here. All right. Well, I'm really eager to dive into these questions. Our topic this time is fears going into 2021. And the ways I got these answers, I actually reached out to a few of my friends and family, and I made a couple posts on Facebook and Instagram. And so I got a handful, a good handful of questions here. So the first question is, what are some things you feel will negatively impact our culture long term because of the pandemic? And what are some positives you hope that continue? Mm-hmm. Looking at me, Brett. So we're gonna be <laughs> looks like it's a you, it, right? So, uh, man, it's just a crazy year, you know. And it's funny, like for you, because you don't even know the story really. But as you kind of came in, asked Brett and I to come on and mm-hmm. and discuss this and take this on. Mm-hmm. Even the kickstart to me, the kickstart of the pandemic, even for Command Chapel, I think started with Brett and I because it actually was on a youth group night, uh, Tuesday night, we're getting ready. I'm getting the gym, uh, ready to go. And my wife's an educator actually with school district. And wow. so she's kind of relaying me all this feed, like, Hey, they're going to shut down school. And I'm just like, this is crazy. Like, what yeah. are we going to do? You know? Yeah. And so I got word, you know, that schools are going to be shut down and by our part procedure and policy, we kind of don't do youth group, mm-hmm. but it's still like people can come. And so Brett and I were talking on the phone and we're just like, we have to cancel. And so it was right there, you know, half hour for middle school to come and a little bit later from high school. And so it, and that's what kind of began this, you know, saga that we still are going through. But so we're processing all this, but towards the questions, it's like, yeah, I just been, we've all been living it, but 
really what I've been trying to do in December here is process it uh, because it is one of those years that we got to tell how's history going to tell it, you know, for us. And so it's funny that we're already thinking what's the long-term effect here. Mm-hmm. So just kind of from my perspective and views that I kind of sat with is kind of, I think the division that has happened across kind of our our world and, and the United States or whatever, but yeah, it's kind of these, yeah, the, yeah. the, the camps, I kind of call them camps or forts that have been mm. built. And some mm. of it's with election and mm. uh, mask or no mask. And, uh, right. but it's getting even, it's so heated amongst mm. everyone and it's hard to have conversation. You know, yes. it's funny when I go to the positive cause there yeah. is positive communication, yeah. but yes. I think it's just the, the battles that we see and it's even going into the church, you know, mm-hmm. a ton of friends who are pastors, like pastors attacking pastors a little bit about how they're opening or not opening and what they're doing. And it's so unhealthy and amongst it there. And yeah, hopefully it's not a long-term one, but I think there's so much, you know, that emotional buildup that's going on that it's going to take some time for us to kind of like uh, settle the water, yeah, you know, yeah. you can, you've, the ripple effect, I guess, what goes on. Yeah, and so that's true you know, with, yeah. with each weight. So, mm-hmm. but it's definitely, I just, I never really seen it. I, I mean, we've all lived in election season and, and those type of things, but there's in this year, we've tackled so many other concepts and yeah. Yeah. things that have kind of exploded. And so these, that's the divisions I've seen. And uh, yeah, hopefully it's not long-term, but I think it's obviously it's, we've gone through, I think five years in one, you yeah, know, and I so know. we're trying to, to figure those things out. Yeah. And you definitely make a good point there. That's like been the hugest thing I have seen, even like sadly within friends and family and everything is that division. But what is some of the positive things you've seen? So positively, though, the other aspect of it for 2020, it's just that people, the relationship side Mm -hmm. has exploded, you know, just for the relationships and the, the bonds of family, you know, for the first portion where even for our parents, we, we chose where we lived. So we were within two miles of my parents and, oh, and awesome. my sister. Right. That's and we really always cool. did, we always <laughs> yeah. do Saturday morning breakfast and that's time for nieces and nephews and our mm-hmm. kids to get together and you know, yeah. they get to make pancakes with grandpa and everything mm-hmm. like that, you know, and, and for us to like not be able to see each other, yeah. but then it was like, we're, we're FaceTiming and we're doing these and people are finding this thing called zoom and you know, everything that goes on. <laughs> right. and Yeah. Uh, uh, but this tight bond and I started doing coffee chats with friends via FaceTime, nice. you know, across yeah. everywhere. And so, mm-hmm. oh yeah, I just think there was that huge re-understanding of the importance of relationship. That's true. Amongst family. And then I just think we, we got to see the appreciation for just not like high caliber entertainment, mm. you mm-hmm. know, it was cool to see you know, other sitcoms or late night show like Jimmy Fallon. I loved watching when he was doing his show from home because that's what we were doing (laughs) as youth ministry and as church. Yeah. Yeah. And everyone's cool with it. We don't need cool lights and everything. We were just cool with that. And sports teams are creating these things called bubbles and, you know, they're all doing it. But we're we're cool with it because it's just like everything's kind of was stripped away. And now we're just rebuilding it up 2020 brought the sense of creativity you Mm. know for us all too yeah yeah no I agree um it's funny that you mentioned zoom and stuff like with family because I actually became a lot closer with a lot of my 
family that I hardly talk to. We're a lot closer now because we're like, oh, hey, I'm stuck at home. Want to chat? Yeah. <laughs> so now we, I have those close relationships. We actually did a uh, game game nights with our family in Seattle. So we all like got in the Zoom, you know, I send out the Zoom invite and we're right. playing all these games and, and you know, enjoying fellowship where <laughs> right. typically we would just what see it, each other once yeah. a month or at birthdays. But here we're like setting see up schedule. Yeah, yeah, it's so true. I want to hear from you though, Brett. What are some positives and negatives that you've seen? The negatives, and hopefully it's not a long-term negative, but we talk about this as elders quite a bit is getting people back to church when the appropriate time. Mm. They haven't gotten so comfortable sitting in their couches with their coffee or tea in the morning that they're now, you know, getting up on Sunday, watching their service whenever they want to, and kind of missing that fellowship in person. We're hoping that people will start to come back when the time is right for them. And obviously for the population that's high risk, that isn't now. Mm -hmm. But for others that it would be appropriate, it'd be awesome if they were able to still come back. And not yeah. view that as in the new norm is staying home and watching mm. church on YouTube. So yeah. some of the, you know, one of the positive things I think, and, and Aaron alluded, probably alluded to this uh, better than even being the position that I'm in. I'm more of a, kind of an oversight administrative role. So I don't have as specific ministries that I necessarily oversee okay. um, and, 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 and trying to do ministry, ministry creatively. But what I've seen is the creative ways that we've had to do ministry. We've That's had true. to think outside that proverbial box and to reach out to people. And we've been able to do that. And it's been a huge uh, way to create bonds that maybe we wouldn't have done prior to this virus. So that mm-hmm. that's a huge positive that's come out of this. Yeah, that's true. I think I see a common denominator and that's something I've even said in one of my podcasts is like the creativity. Yep. Like it's a new level that we're being pushed at. Like how can we get more creative yep. about and everything we do really <laughs> because the pandemic is like stay in your house. That's the safest place. So it's like, okay, what can we do to get a little more creative where we could still stay close with people outside of our homes, outside of our churches. So I like that creativity. That's right. Yes. So that kind of touches a little bit what you kind of talked about over there with um, what are some positive ways 2020 has impacted slash changed the church and what are new goals for the church for 2021? You know, ways I, I said that the, the positive ways that it's affected is that it's, it's made us think mm-hmm. outside the box and to look at different things. I think for us in 2021, it's continuing to do intent, intentional interpersonal outreach. Mm-hmm. I think what we've realized maybe more than ever is the importance of human interaction, that God created us in his image and we serve a, a personal God. And because of that, we are designed for relationship. And if you try to take relationship out of ministry, you've taken basically the message of Christ out of the relationship and so, Mm. or out of the ministry. And so I think just continuing to be unified in our message of hope in Christ and, and growing in our relationship with Christ, I think that's probably a goal universally across no matter what age or year we're in, but specifically with this this virus, that our hope is not in the vaccine, although that'd be nice for some who believe in vaccine, others that don't. Yeah. Um, and But our ultimate hope is in Christ, and that's regardless yeah. of what's happening. Um, yeah. That That's for the next year for the goal for me personally, the church, is just to continue to be unified. Because Aaron was talking about the divisiveness, and you talked about the divisiveness. 
it's just not with the church and the non-church or the unchurch. It's with church people mm-hmm. that are not getting along. And not only are they yeah. not getting along, so it's true. almost like they're befriending each other. Yeah. Or not not befriending. They're Un- defriending. Defriending. Unfriending. Yeah. Unfriending. Whatever <laughs> yeah, the word whatever is. Whatever the word is. Whatever <laughs> social media platform you're on. But uh, so that, yeah. that to me causes some alarm. And as a shepherd of the yeah. church, my focus through this whole thing has been to try to keep people unified uh, yeah. with the message and hope of Christ. Yes, that's so true. Because we all want, like as Christians, we all follow the same God. We all right. want the same thing. We all believe in hope. So that's it's right. the, I think that's what people get confused about is we get stuck in the worldly things. Yep. We're being told these things and that's mm-hmm. where the fear comes from. But that's not what God is telling us. That's right. So that is a big reason why I wanted to do this podcast, because I want to refocus. Even me, I'm guilty. I have to (laughs) say I'm guilty of being that person. And so it's just like I almost just need to refocus my mind on, okay, what is God telling us in this very fearful, sinful world? What should we be doing at this time? So, and we are going to get to a few questions that will get to that. Those ones, yeah. <laughs> yes. Okay. I think so, it was cool yeah. just on it. Like, yeah. we we just saw like the creativity side, but it's good to see it because it's just like I I always say it's like the traditional rut of our our wagon wheel mm-hmm. a little bit. We're in such a good, you know, we know it's going to get us to this destination, but this shift kind of allowed us, yeah, this new creative outlet and and for us as ministries, you know, again, for youth ministry, right? it's been awesome just to see youth pastors around get super creative. And one thing that was kind of a bummer though, because we got, we got out and we kind of thought this is going to be a short term thing, you know, maybe a few months and we're going to get out. Right. We were all thinking that. Early (laughs) ready to go. So I saw a ton of ministries like, do programming five days a week because their their kids are home for all of it and they're just and a lot of pastors got drained you know and just tired because right. here we oh, are in man. December and some places oh, still yeah. aren't given the freedoms that we have here in Washington you know it's state to state and talking there but it's just fun to see what others are doing you know in yeah. that capacity and it stretched us to think of new concepts and really going visiting homes you know for the summer I would just I I made a Google map that gave me all the kids houses that were in our ministry oh, and cool. we went around and just delivered bags of chips or whatever oh, stuff we fine. had here at the church that we could just give out a lot of what the church does we and i always been guilty of it but we usually tell you guys like hey come to camino chapel and we have this event here on our turf mm. but 2020 took us to your doorstep to wow. you know do your yeah. your drive-by mm. birthday or I these concepts that, that we got to yes. do and I mean, it's just so, yeah, like Brett and I were saying, like, yeah, we want to get more creative. We want, like, even if we're doing it, an event here, yeah. it doesn't have to be the same. You mm-hmm. know, we love traditions and different things. And one thing I've been telling our students is, you know, live in now. Like, what's God showing you now? You know, mm-hmm. not the past and things that we are so used to, hmm. but what's he stretching you to be now? in in this moment you know and as silly as it is with a mask on you know you're the same person underneath (laughs) it so you know live live in it that way so uh but i do miss brett i mean i miss my four churches i was plugged into during the beginning i had church Mm -hmm. services i was in in every time zone and seeing what was going on so when we got the call back that you gotta be back here 
I was like, I'm missing a little bit of that no. time on the couch, you know, hopping time zone to oh time couch. zone and seeing, you know, all these churches. It's a little more effort now. But I know, that's true. Uh, We're going to have to get our butts in gear yeah. to get back <laughs> back in the seats at church, actually, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> all right. How can we manage what we are being required to do hmm. as far as mandates and freedoms God has given us? I, uh, the next question as well, you know, what does the Bible say about government? I kind of lump these together, um, lump these together. So there's three passages of scripture that I think people have been pointing to. The first one is Hebrews 10, and that's the one that talks about don't stop meeting together and spurring one another on towards good deeds, uh, which then leads you to believe that you should just never, you put aside anything government says you just meet. But then you run into Paul in Romans 13, yes. and you run into First Peter in chapter 2, and they both tell you to honor um, the government officials because right. they're set there by God. Yeah. So there's this friction between uh, when is it going to be okay for us to defy government or mm-hmm. socially disobey mm-hmm. uh, versus obeying what the government is saying. And from my perspective, and I would say probably from the elders' perspective here at Commando Chapel, we've landed on... If at any time the government is doing something that singles out churches and or violates scripture or the theology of what our core values are here, mm-hmm. which is our statement of faith and our doctrines that the elders, elders hold um, to be true, then we would disobey what the government has said. Other than okay. that, yeah. we're, we're going to be obedient. Yeah. Yeah. I always hear like, why aren't we being Daniels and standing up? Mm-hmm for the, like our rights and everything. And it's, that's the one I'm trying to figure out. And even as you're saying that, it's like, okay, I get everything you're saying, but still like, we're still trying to figure out, okay, where's the line? When are we going to, and I think that's another question, but we can just group these ones together. The other one was like, when will the churches stick up or whatever for our rights if it ever comes to that where does the line get drawn yeah and you start seeing they're removing singing from churches luckily we've found a way where we can distance ourselves and worship god outside but still kind of makes you a little frustrated doesn't it like well i'll tell you the 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 from a personal standpoint i i choked pretty hard on the not singing Mm -hmm. um yeah but once we were able to identify the opportunity to sing outside, although it's not the same, it felt okay because it was during the Christmas season. We were singing Christmas songs. Oftentimes you carol outside. Yeah. It's not the same, there's no doubt. I reminded myself that churches really are still amongst the highest, or you're given probably the most latitude of almost any other organization. We're still able to have 25% and or, or 200 people, social distance and mass, right. of course. But so we're... We haven't been singled out like particularly with our elders where we would say, nah, we can't do that. We're going to socially disobey on that one. Because we do have people in our congregation that are are extremely high risk. Right. Um, that's true. And so we want to be careful with that as well. I mean, as a shepherd, you don't just she- you don't just shepherd one side of the sheep. You shepherd the whole flock. And there's a whole range of opinions on this. And so we've tried to land on one that makes the most sense for the demographics of our church. Right. in shepherding. Mm-hmm. So it's as a church, I mean, uh, and that, that gets into the question below, our goal biblically is to to love God, love people and make disciples. Right. And so I don't know if a church ever makes a statement politically. Yeah. I don't know that that's our job. 
Yeah. But during the coronavirus, there hasn't been a time where we've said, no, we're going to this state, you know, you mentioned the Daniel Mm -hmm. um, situation. There wasn't anything in there where we thought, you know what, we got to, we have to rise up on this one um, because the government is telling us we can't do something that's within the fabric Mm -hmm. of what God has instructed us to do from the Bible. Mm -hmm. That's true. I just see like things getting more and more and more like they're removing more and more that what we can do like we're not having a christmas eve service now i I mean we're recording it we're finding another way to do it which is awesome that's great and creative right but i don't know is this a is that am i wrong but isn't the christmas eve service when a lot of people come and accept christ well it's it's one of our major outreaches i don't know that we have actual statistics that say yeah. that most people look that up. Yep. Um, come to know Christ. <laughs> right. um, we don't have a metrics that that measures that. Mm-hmm. And, and I have to, I, I, I want to clarify, real, make sure real clearly, mm-hmm. we chose not to have a Christmas Eve service. Right. They didn't say we couldn't. Yeah. Um, we chose not to because of the restrictions. We would have had to run probably, you know, seven or eight services in order to accommodate the number of people that normally come. Yeah. And so as a result of that, we chose to do the service online. Okay. So, yeah. I mean, okay. I, I, I don't know that that changes anything, Yeah. but the, the governor's office never came guidelines and said, you can't do a Christmas Eve service. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He said, if you're going to do religious services, limit them to 25%. It's based on a square footage and, and, or 200 people or less. Okay. So as I guess my own question, so as a Christian, how do you think we should be in this situation then? Like you're, you're talking from the church perspective. Sure. For myself, my child who is um, six years old and then I have a two-year-old, they're getting the biggest effect from it, having to wear masks. And they don't understand, like, why are you making me cover up my face? Why are we not allowed to go hang out with our friends? Why are, like, all these, like, strict things? And it's, it's just like, okay, should we be following this as strictly as our governor is telling us mm. for our kids' sake? Or should we be standing up a little bit for our rights for our kids? What do you guys have to say on that? <laughs> That's a really tough question. As a dad and as a mom, you have to you have to look at the well-being of your children. If you can put them in a safe situation, because one of the the things that I have seen as a pastor that seems to be overlooked, I don't know if it is being overlooked, it seems to be a being overlooked, is the mental health um, yes. of, of people and the loneliness and the isolation. Yep. And, and that includes our exactly. children. Yep. And so if there's, if there's um, small groups of children that you trust that they have the same kind of guidelines that you have, it might benefit you to allow them mm-hmm. on a, I would say, semi-regular basis, as long as there's not going to be contact with super high-risk people mm-hmm. with that. Mm-hmm. I'm not a, I'm not a medical doctor and don't want to give advice right. that's harmful advice, but there's not a lot of evidences that are saying that kids are some kind of super spreaders. Yeah, no, they have the lowest. And yeah, so they're... I think you, as a mom, you have to be really careful and look out for the well-being of your children. Right. And if that means having a play date and being, being careful mm-hmm. in order to accommodate them so that they're not lonely yeah. and they're not struggling... And then explaining to them why you're doing that right. and that you're, you're wanting to do to the best you can to be obedient to the government you're, and to being obedient to God's truth and explaining to them why you've chosen to do it this way. I, I think there's some actually really healthy benefits in those kind of discussions. Right. 
No, I agree. What are you, what are your, your thoughts in all of this, Aaron? Yeah, I know. Well, I lean <laughs> I on know. Brett a little yeah. bit right there, but yeah. we, I mean, just from even what we say to the youth, because yeah, we're, my perspective is kind of the youth, we're, we're feeling yeah. all of it. We're getting kids yeah. coming to youth group and, well, and high different school, households and high school yeah. and they're young adults and, and they're building up their, you know, their views already and they're trying to dissect this as well. And so... You know, I look at Romans 13, I think Brett alluded to, but, you know, it says there for us to let every person uh, be subject to the governing authorities for there is no authority except from God. And those that exist have been instituted by God. And that, you know, for me, I never really liked politics, even from the middle school election season where, you know, the student would offer you a soda machine and he had no power to do that. But, you know, he'd say it so he could become, you know, ASB president or whatever it might be. So, you know, I, I'm not Mr. Political, but yeah. And we, we got our views and we see bumper stickers everywhere throughout Washington about our officials and, you know, but it gets down to it as we, and again, these divisions that we build, but we got to look at it and God instituted this. God put mm-hmm. this person here and it's may not be playing the way we kind of view it, but I think right. there's that we were called again as Christians again to, to love, love enemy, you know? So if you view that person in that office and that person on, you know, live TV, given a new order that strikes against you, you know, God's even saying, Hey, you're still loving that guy. Mm -hmm. Um, and so we've been really trying to take that and I got, you know, family on both sides. And again, I'm in the middle and as a parent too, and Mm -hmm. got a three-year-old that I love to just, you know, have her go and, and and go to town. But I think it's to the earlier question too, kind of blending them, but mm-hmm. whoever's asking the question, I, I'm just thinking the freedoms God has given us, like, what do we do? Mm-hmm. I think of the, the freedoms God has given us is this mysterious body that we have, right? Yeah. And that, again, we're talking about a disease, but even to this point, you know, we have a, a lung system that is amazing. We have a heart system that's amazing. Yeah. Like, so what do we do with that? We use it for his glory. Yeah. Right. And and that's what I've been just focusing mm. on. Yeah. Uh, so we have a built up idea, but I think really gets down to the core concept again, that how can we be even in this time, you know, loving abundantly mm-hmm. in, in that. And like it's for sure, like if it's going to come striking down, you know, with an order that's going to cease that, then I think Brett's kind of said it as a church and other churches have said, we're going to stand firm on God as our foundation, yeah. you know. Yeah for those concepts. but yeah. I think it's important for the listeners to know that the church is not trying to stick it to the government by socially disobeying. Mm. Yeah, the point is not negative, it's positive, which is we're honoring God's law. And by honoring God's law, you're worshiping God in a way, and you're honoring him as the supreme being. So it's it's not one of, hey, watch, you know, watch this, watch me stick it to the government. It, it has nothing to do with that. Mm-hmm. It has the watching the government and saying that crosses the line of God's word. God's word is the authority. We're going to follow him because that is worshipful to him and that honors him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I was really like challenged by this concept because we were going through and there's a pastor over, he does a large church in Montana 
And uh, I was looking at this before recording just to kind of check up on them. And they've made the decision even in their church uh, to to not reopen when Montana allowed them to reopen uh, with the view as the pastor, because he knew, again, people weren't going back to their workplaces. They didn't want to be like Brett's saying, we're, we're looking to the well-being of our flock a little bit. And though it doesn't feed to one source, the beauty of it, again, and the creativity like for us is that there's home churches. They've seen a surge of home churches and fellowship actually happening in backyards and elements that we as a church could never do. Yeah. And so sure. hopefully like if this is coming out and we're doing our candlelight service and it's online, like it's not the same candlelight service we've had, but Josie and her team are doing amazing things and there's all yes, these elements so and yeah. you guys get to build this one this year. Right. And we get to go through. And so there's beauty in it. Like we're, we're brainstorming as our family, like what's, we'll have our candles and we'll, you know, have that moment and the opening yeah. of Millie's box and things that, yes, you know, yeah. Brett won't be surrounded by 35 kids this year or more, <laughs> however many are hidden up there. But well, I'm going to miss yeah, that. He'll miss yes. that. But, oh. you know, as a dad, I get to be there and, and walk yeah, through that, sure. that with Millie and, and, and other dads, hopefully families mm-hmm. just take that element for your kids. You guys get mm-hmm. to do that and, and yeah. build that memory for sure. That's so. True. You know, there's freedoms for sure. They're just mm-hmm. looking a whole lot different. That's, yeah. again, our, our vision. It's going to take time. But yeah. if we just take a deep breath a little bit. And... Yes, yes. Well, and God's our light, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, and he always he always turns so much horrible, darkness, negative things mm-hmm. into beautiful things. And that's what I'm looking at this is like we're sitting here able to say, oh, but look at this and look at that. That's you know? exactly right. There's so many things we can find good and that i feel like as a christian that's what we should be doing right now doing and sharing and sharing yes yes and you mentioned you mentioned that story of daniel Mm -hmm. uh, which is an amazing story and even daniel in that his point was not to show the pagan king and the people that how wrong they were right his point was to glorify to do what he could to glorify God. And that's mm-hmm. that loving people and loving God and yeah. making disciples. That was his choice to do that. It wasn't mm-hmm. a vindictive yeah. thing. It was a conviction he had in his heart. Right. Uh, it wasn't politically motivated. It was motivated by his heart for wanting to be obedient to God. Mm. Yeah, that's so true. So I want to actually, since we're kind of still on that topic and you kind of you both touched on it, but yeah. what does the Bible say about how we should be following the government? You guys keep mentioning Romans 13. Yeah. People do use that verse a lot and there might be people who don't understand what that means. So could you break it down Okay, I want to know what you guys are thinking so far. Are you just loving it? Don't forget that the next one is coming out this Thursday. So hit the follow button wherever that is. So that way you can hopefully get an update on when the next one comes out. So that'll be Thursday the 31st. And we are going to finish our conversation. It'll be part two of this episode. I am having so much fun with this so far. Follow me on the Stories of Hope page. And also, you got to keep your eyes out for the next topic. Um, Maybe you guys can help me figure out the next topic. I want to know what things you have questions about. So anyways, you guys, that's it from me. I hope you have a great rest of your week and I will see you on Thursday.